Welcome to Insights at the Edge, produced by Sounds True. My name's Tammy Simon. I'm the founder of Sounds True. And I'd love to take a moment to introduce you to the new Sounds True Foundation. The Sounds True Foundation is dedicated to creating a wiser and kinder world by making transformational education widely available. We want everyone to have access to transformational tools such as mindfulness, emotional awareness, and self-compassion, regardless of financial, social, or physical challenges. The Sounds True Foundation is a nonprofit dedicated to providing these transformational tools to communities in need, including at-risk youth, prisoners, veterans, and those in developing countries. If you'd like to learn more or feel inspired to become a supporter, please visit SoundsTrueFoundation.org. You're listening to Insights at the Edge. It's my great joy to introduce you to your host for this special episode, the associate publisher of Sounds True, Jamie Schwab. Welcome back to Insights at the Edge, everyone. I'm Jamie Schwab, the associate publisher here at Sounds True, and I'm happy to be with you all again today. Tammy and I decided I should host this episode because as the mother of a four-year-old daughter, I'm deeply committed to supporting other mothers on their pregnancy and parenting journeys. Today, I'm pleased to be speaking with Martha Sears and Hayden Sears, who co-authored the Healthy Pregnancy Journal, which will be released by Sounds True in May 2019. Martha Sears is a registered nurse and former childbirth educator, and with her husband, world-renowned Dr. Bill Sears, has written more than 25 best-selling books, including The Baby Book, The Attachment Parenting Book, and The Healthy Pregnancy Book. Hayden Sears is daughter to Martha and Dr. Sears and a certified health and nutrition coach, a wellness coordinator for the Sears Family Pediatrics Medical Practice, and contributes content to AskDrSears.com. She is also co-host of the Dr. Sears Family Podcast. Hayden and Martha, welcome to Insights at the Edge. Thank you. It's such a joy to be here. Thank you, Jamie. Yes, thank you. Martha, I want to start with you. Can you tell our listeners a little bit about the Sears Family brand and how you and Dr. Sears came to this work? Oh, yes, I can. It's one of my favorite um, things to talk about. Thank you. This all started, oh, 40 years ago <laughs> and when, you know, with child number four and even actually before that in my husband's pediatric practice when we, we um, were parents of, of uh, three boys, he was very serious about teaching his parents good parenting and he was very good at taking notes from the parents he saw who were doing the uh, raising uh, uh, kids that you like and that you would want to encourage more of that sort of parenting. And so his, his, his book writing really started in his own practice. And, and since I was involved with working in the practice, I got to see that um, from day to day as well. And then, of course, at home and with our own children. And then uh, along came our fourth baby, which is Hayden. The That's one me. Yeah. <laughs> And um, she um, was a more challenging baby than the first three. As a nurse, and my husband is a pediatrician, we thought, well, parenting is pretty easy and very, pretty straightforward. Just these three that we had were um, pretty close to according to the books. And, and then when Hayden presented a different sort of different temperament in her, in her infancy, right from the beginning, really, we... Um, we needed we needed to start taking more notes and learning on, as we would go along and and just in terms of her um, her level of neediness and how our responses to her would be would would need to be consistent and and thoughtful and so we were at the same time being encouraged to write our first book about parenting and the name of that book um, is creative parenting because I think it was fortuitous because we were needing to be creative in our parenting of Hayden. 
And in, in that book, we were able to introduce the concept of attachment parenting. And um, having that book under our belts helped us understand that there were really four or five books within that first book. And so the idea of writing more more books, uh, taking each topic, such as the topic of birth itself, the topic of, of discipline, um, they, 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 the, book, the book ideas just kept coming, along with uh, our family. Babies kept coming. Yes. <laughs> That's true. I think one of the reasons my parents had so many opportunities to write books is because having eight children, it's, you keep getting inspired. You keep being able to really hone what you're doing with each child and, and learning from the past while being being able to implement new ideas in the future. Mm-hmm. So the fact that they were able to experience raising eight children, I think they were given this beautiful opportunity to have a very kind of wide variety of parenting experiences and really helped them be able to write about them in a way that most parents out there will be able to identify with with something Absolutely. that they've written. Absolutely. You know, and you say that you know, eight children gave them an opportunity. And I would say as an audience member, it gave all of us an opportunity to learn from um, the Sears, which is now a legacy, I would say. You know, before we move on to the next question, I want to define, you know, attachment parenting, which clearly you you all are the pioneers of. Um, can you help define that for our audience or people who may not be familiar? Yes, I can do that, Jamie. Thank you. The, our, the term we first used in our first book, Creative Parenting, was immersion mothering as in terms of a woman being um, equipped to devote herself to this one particular phase of her child's life in infancy and toddlerhood mm-hmm. to give it as much time and, and talent and attention as, as she can find in herself as she learns a more natural approach. And this is we're talking about back 40 years ago. So some of what we know now almost intuitively was new back then for parents to be hearing. And so then along with the concept that we were aware of, even back in nursing school, I studied attachment theory, which was formulated first in the early 1900s, early to mid-1900s by John Bowlby, who was doing research on the effects of attachment and the strength of attachment between parents and, and children, uh, and, and not just mothers. Mm-hmm. And so we did then develop the term attachment parenting to bring in, obviously, the important role of fathers. Absolutely. Absolutely. I think it's been life-changing for so many families. And so I'm so happy that you all have helped pioneer that and um, and also share it with so much of the world. I want to move on to the Healthy Pregnancy Journal, you know, the, the new product that you have with Sounds True. And Hayden, I'm going to start with you. Can you speak to why you felt called to create this journal and how it helps to further the Sears brand overall? So, so many people have reflected back to us how much they love the books and they just, you know, some will say, it saved my life, it saved my relationship with my baby and my spouse, and that's fantastic. We love that. Um, And I've had that same experience reading my parents' books. Mm -hmm. Um, But we wanted to kind of switch it up. And, you know, my mom and I, she's had seven pregnancies and then it adopted our youngest, my youngest sister, and I've had three. And I think our pregnancies were such a a pivotal time in our life and such a special time in our life and and it's something that's so near and dear to our hearts. And so we thought coming together the two of us, my mom, you know, being being that next generation, she's a grandma now and me being a kind of a newer mom, um we thought what a great partnership to really kind of enter a more of a holistic approach to pregnancy and not just guide moms through the to be healthy physically, but we were really interested in in how we can help them move forward with their emotions and their fears and all the concerns that come with pregnancy and just lean into the joys of pregnancy while at the same time really nurturing and valuing the hard parts and as a way to really appreciate every single part of your pregnancy 
Um, and really, you know, so many of the times we hear from moms, me and my, my health coaching and my mom as, you know, a support to so many women, kind of, once they have their babies and their toddlers, they they often say to us, oh, we wish we would have known this before, or, oh, I wish my mom was around to show me these things, or, you know, I don't really have a lot of pregnant friends around or, or people with babies, and we thought, you know, what if every mom, <laughs> of course, every mom in this world is our vision, what if they had this support and this guidance right from the beginning? I mean, can you imagine as a new mom getting to sit down with Martha Sears and have her mentor you through your pregnancy? I mean, how valuable is that? And so that was really our vision is, you know, I had my mom mentor me through my pregnancy and my sister-in-laws and, you know, so many people around me, but so many don't have that. And so as I look back, I loved my pregnancies. I loved the journey that I went through. But so much of that is really because I had my mom and these other people around me asking me these questions, helping me work through you know, the logistics of health and, you know, this checklist, but also just being that listening ear when I have meltdowns or these, quote, unreasonable fears and just having them say, you know what, me too. I remember that. That's hard. Tell me about that. And instead of having to keep those fears and, and, you know, sense of um, maybe even I'm not ready for this, all those things were able to be nurtured through these women around me. And so I just have this deep passion to offer that to other women to really help them start off from the very beginning um, because really what they're doing is they're setting them, they're really setting the tone for their, for their motherhood journey, for their family, and how beautiful if we can reach them at this beautiful, tender, and vulnerable time in their life and just really speak into them everything we would want moms to know. So that's, you know, that's our vision for the journal and, um, as far as uh, this year's brand, I think it's it's kind of a new a new thing that we're leaning into. Um, not just presenting material, which is super valuable, but we want moms to have a place to reflect back, to dig deeper, to hear our material and our our advice, but then reflect what that means to them through journaling. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, that's what we're really excited to to offer. Yes. Really the world. <laughs> no, I love that. You know, and I think that there's so much right now in our culture in terms of a, you know, there's an absence of the quote-unquote village experience that, you know, because mm-hmm. we don't have, you know, parents, mothers, siblings um, as uh, close by, you know, to offer that mm-hmm. village experience, that mentoring, as you say. And, you know, something else you mentioned in the introduction to the book is this intention to have the journal create space for all of the feelings and experiences that arise as we prepare to become mothers. And this doesn't always feel like our culture supports a 360-degree view of what it's like to be pregnant, you know, mm-hmm. the inner life of pregnancy, um, so to speak, or the emotional experience. And so, it, Martha, is there anything else you want to add here to this this part of the conversation? Absolutely. With the, the concept of just journaling itself, I love journaling. I, I really understood during each one of my pregnancies that I wanted to write out things. I needed to, almost like keeping a diary, as it, as it sort of seemed in the beginning, is just uh, maybe at the end of every day or most days, I would sit down and, and just have a chance to just write out, even if it was a few lines, about what was going on, you know, just in my day or in my body or every now and then something in my mind and and just sort of work it out on paper. And I know um, a lot of people have that um, ability or their desire to do that. A lot of people might think they don't have the ability to keep a journal. And so that's why uh, my journals were just three-ring binders, just uh, spiral-bound notebooks. And and I love just having it be free flow throughout the, the, the nine months or eight months or whatever to um, make that happen for myself. And then I actually did go back and do a little rereading, which was also, you know, gave me some insights. But knowing that a lot of people don't um, have that uh, urge to write or do journaling, the idea of having a journal, um, a template um, to, with questions to answer, lines to fill in, and mm-hmm. then... Um, just to get somebody started and get the the feel of it and to really catch on wow they these thoughts i'm having these these experiences physical mental emotional 
it's all valuable. They, oh, these people are telling me I can write about that. Because I think my journaling tended to keep it, um, you know, more superficial, really, just in my own way of writing and, and thinking, it, it, looking back. Um, if I had had these kinds of prompts, it would have been more interesting for me, too. So just I would underline the concept of journaling is very therapeutic and <clears throat> something that you have to look back on even, uh, you know, 20 years from now. Um, thinking, well, what was that pregnancy like? After all, let's take a look again. And I think that I think that um, once the baby comes, parents are in this kind of fog for a while. They kind of enter this new new state of life, and sometimes it's really hard to give time to that your inner world. And and I think just having this sweet spot of pregnancy, it, it just gives you this time and space, almost like this pause. Uh, because I think pregnant women in some ways do pause a bit and they, they really start shifting. And so having these prompts where, where women might not even think, oh, I never even thought to ask that about myself. I never even thought to think that or nurture that part of me. Or I, I, I thought this was so weird, I just kind of tried to push it away. And so um, having these beautiful prompts to, to help moms lean into is uh, super valuable and really, I think, will set them up when their baby does come. They're going to be in, in a place of such empowerment because they've, they've done this work. They'll feel, they'll have this sense of, like, grounding, of foundation that they, they might then, if they haven't done this, they might then, once their baby comes, almost feel like they have to catch up. Like, oh, now I have to think through these things. Or what do, what do I want to do with my approach to parenting and discipline and, and all that. We we give space for parents or moms to really think through this ahead of time, not necessarily to put like a specific plan in action, but just get their mind aware of what's to come. And so that when it does come, it's not as foreign. There's not as much fear behind it because they've already been thinking about it. It's in, it's in maybe even just in their subconscious. So I feel like that's also a very valuable part of now, the that journal. Is a, that is a, a big mm-hmm. part of, of our journal, but it's certainly not the only part. Mm-hmm. Uh, the forward-thinking part of it is, is awesome. And so you can find yourself uh, in your early weeks or months of, of having a, a new baby in the house happy that you've sort of prepped mm-hmm. and looked uh, in, in, into some of the work that's going to ha- happen naturally anyway in a, as new parents. But there's so much more. It, it's it's mm-hmm. uh, the journal, if, even if it's just for the here and now, day-to-day concepts that come your way, then it's uh, it's all laid out. Mm-hmm. Even even like healthy recipes. Yeah. There, there is. I just flipped open to page 73. <laughs> Pregnancy chicken soup. How fun yeah. would that be to go uh, and say, now I have a new idea of how to have a healthy supper that would even be great for after the baby. Yeah. Put a put a mark on that page. And how cool is that? Like, oh, this is what Martha did. That's <laughs> <Not> true. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, Mom, I'm glad you brought that up because even when you're reading a pregnancy book, because we, of course, we hope every mom ac- reads a pregnancy book, not just the journal. But sometimes you you read all these details, like, oh, I'm supposed to do X, Y, Z. But as you, you know, a few weeks later, you kind of forget. And I remember in my pregnancies, I would think back and like, oh gosh, I haven't been doing that for a while. Shoot. <laughs> so we really have some great logistical checklists each, you know, each month to really help moms remember, oh, that's right, I need to be doing this check. I need to be doing this check. Or, you know what, I can I can adjust this or shift this. So it, you know, not only just the feelings and the emotional part, but really, you know, the physical part, the healthy part. So I feel like it's very holistic, and with my mom's strengths as a childbirth ed- educator, a lactation consultant, you know, a, a mom of eight and a nurse and everything she has brings to the table. And, you know, I'm a mom of three, kind of <laughs> somewhat of a free spirit, um, a, a health coach, and, and, you know, kind of the, the newer generation of moms. I think together we've we've kind of brought this um, this really – kind of this package that really, like, it's a gift. I can't wait to get it in my hand. I just want to give it out to everybody. I think another part of our journal that's also good to bring up, too, is how it brings in the baby's father. 
the partnership in a pregnancy is is huge. The support that would come from the woman's partner is very present in our in our journal, and uh, getting the input uh, as alongside the the journaling pregnant mom. There's space for her to bring in that aspect of the experience as well. Yeah. You know, let's speak to that for a minute. And I just want to just, you know, confirm a couple of things that you've been mentioning because there are so many supportive components of this journal. Um, not just journaling, as you say, which is a very meaningful practice, but of course there's recipes, you have these pro-pregnancy tips, health check-ins, reflections, notes to your baby, you know, thoughts and dreams and hopes, you know, areas to record those things. So it really is a really wonderful journey. And I think that, you know, encouraging mothers to tune in in this way prior to this, you know, life-changing experience happening um, is a really wonderful way to set the stage for them. You know, one of the things that you acknowledge in the journal and that you take time to encourage mothers to do is how life, how much life changes in this transition, in this journey. And, and I love that you acknowledge that this is complex. You know, there's joy and there's also loss. This is a massive transition. And I want to um, have you speak to this more. You know, what kind of losses might a mother experience and, and how, uh, how can we help support uh, mothers through that? Martha, do you want to answer this this time? <clears throat> yes, and um, gosh, I'm trying to decide where to start, but I will start with a week ago. I was with our middle daughter who just had her first baby um, in, a, in a, a city about six hours away from us uh, drive, so I, was get to, I got to stay with her for a week of just helping her with all of, all of everything. It was awesome. But one day, just of course bursting into tears, which is, is something that's very common in immediately postpartum women, just uh, just tears of joy most of the time, tears, tears of joy. Every now and then it would be tears of, oh, this is overwhelming. But this one time she was looking into the closet for something and she broke into tears and I was standing right by her next to her for some reason and she was able to say to me, I've lost my pregnancy. The baby's not inside me anymore. And she was weeping. And so that is, I, I, I affirmed her in that. Yes, you have a grieving thing here. This is something important for you to get a hold of and mark it and fully accept that and understand that. It's okay to grieve this. Obviously, you don't stay stuck there because now you've got your little bundle yes. <laughs> in, you know, in the in, in waiting to can carry on the joy of now being a new mommy but it's that that was a, a huge moment for the two of us to, sh- to be able to share that it was really sweet but from the very beginning Hayden you could even speak to this better is the loss of your independence mm-hmm. as a person with nobody tugging at your <laughs> your uh, hanging onto your knees I mean you're just a, 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 a woman out in the work field um, maybe you've been yeah. uh, I you go ahead yeah. because yeah, I'm just now. I'm just <laughs> no, saying. It's okay, so. so I, you know, I was I was somewhat of a young mom. It, my my beautiful gift of pregnancies were were unexpected. Um, it wasn't something I had I had necessarily made the choice to start yet. My my husband at the time, um, I had, I had kind of just started my career and and moving into that. And you know, I was 24, and so my sense of self was still kind of developing and understanding who I wanted to be in this world. And um, and so, all you being a mom without really kind of making that intentional shift to to choose to do that, it did bring up a lot of feelings. Both, of course, extreme joy, but then also this extreme, um, almost like panic. Like, what do I do now? What, who am I? <laughs> how do I how do I mesh what I what I for my life in the next handful of years and, and my, my current reality and how does this all fit together. And, I, for you know, first of all, I think one of the reasons, I think the fact that we have a nine-month pregnant, pregnancy is a huge gift because it really helps give us time and space to adjust. But I think that, you know, from my own experience and, and those around me, I think this culture is, is very interesting because women are so empowered to do really anything in this world. And and we are, which is fantastic. Um, and and then we also have this 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 thing, you know, that we get to do that men don't get to do. We get to be pregnant. We get to grow a human inside us, and we get to 
we get to have this and it's it's so special and it's so such a unique time in a woman's life it's just this tiny little marked moment that is so small you know 9 months in a whole life but it's so profound and so important and so um and can be really this huge shift for a woman but it can also be difficult. And so as we're navigating um, what we're putting out there into the world, as far as our gifts and our talents and our careers, um, and balancing with being a mom and nurturing this this human and what they're going to give to the world, but, which really starts with us, um, it is fantastically amazing. But also, you know, women have this extra thing on them that... that um, it's so beautiful. and, and Okay, I have, I have a little story. So I have a nine-year-old son, and he has two older sisters. So I have a 16-year-old, a 12-year-old, and a nine-year-old. And I was talking to him about um, my sister, my sister Erin, who just had her baby, and he saw her all pregnant, and he was so curious about it. He's like, Mom, tell me about the birth. He was, he was concerned she'd be in pain and not okay. So I was just talking him through it, and he's like, she gets to do that? Like, he had this kind of awe and wonder in his eyes and he's like mom he didn't say it like he didn't say these words but this is what his his feelings were he's like women are amazing (laughs) and he just kind of had this new appreciation for women and it's like I I think that's fantastic so so yeah I think that um Having a baby now versus really any other time, women are starting to understand that we have choices. We have choices in how we want to give birth. We have choices in how we want to be pregnant, how we want to move forward in our career and balance, balance that with family life. This is a whole new culture because women aren't just okay with having a full-time career. We also want to be amazing moms. And we're seeing that, you know what? If we want to, we can scale back our career for a bit, or we can shift up our working arrangements because both are very important to me, and I want to do both well. And right now, we get to. Here's one more aspect of loss before we move on, and and that is before you become a mother, you're really only responsible for yourself. I mean, yes, your mate is there, and it's a working together thing, and, and, um, and, and that's that's one th- that, but that's not being responsible for another human being, and I'm, I think that the, the fathers in the picture will have the same concept. Um, once they become parents, and obviously during the pregnancy, this will begin to be uh, fleshed out, so to speak. All of a sudden, we are responsible for another human being who's going to be completely vulnerable and needy and depending on us for the next 18 to 25 years, depending on the whole brain growth thing, right? At age 25, the brains are finally adult. But just the concept of responsibility, you're you're losing, the loss idea is you're losing your independence and freedom to be, um, you know, an agent at large on your own and to into becoming completely responsible for another person. Yes, absolutely. And, you know, I think I'm I'm going to be 40 soon. And my mom would say she's still supporting, you know, me emotionally and all these things. Yes. And so it just never actually ends. And it's a, a, such a beautiful gift for so many of us. You know, this is a really good segue into something else I want to talk about. And that's, you know, in terms of how partners um, can prepare, you know, for their relationship to becoming parents. And you speak about this in the journal to some extent. What can partners do together to prepare their relationship for becoming parents? And what do you all recommend? That's a great question. But because I'm a childbirth educator, my first thought would be, of course, go to some awesome childbirth classes together, to preparing for the birth. And part of a good childbirth class will be helping both partners, the, the mother and the father, be fully aware of the process of pregnancy and obviously of, of birth. A lot of Fathers will go into pregnancy thinking, oh, it's her job, but don't don't leave her out there on her own. Understand how um, it's important for her to feel supported in her journey of healthy pregnancy, not just get through these nine months and then, you know, we'll get on with being a mom and dad, but to, to have, by going to childbirth classes together, um, you really start the concept of already co-parenting. Mm-hmm. And and then just in terms of, of just in your day-to-day life together at home, 
to start planning and dreaming of, uh, well, let's start thinking about parenting styles. What do, what do we see our friends around us doing? What do we see other families that we admire? Um, and, or how can we get um, more, more information uh, on what that's going to be like for us personally? Um, even just dreams of of what you want for your for your child. It means just brainstorming together. Just lots of communication would be going on during a pregnancy, and all on the on the positive side, that's all great. And then there will be some some not so positive things that will come out in your communication, like some disagreements or some um, difficult hormonal spots that you hit throughout the pregnancy with the 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 woman's partner will start to understand, well, that, you know, she's this, she's a different creature. You know, she's really, she's changed so many, in so many, in some ways. Uh, and for, for him to understand the hormonal aspects of pregnancy, again, coming out and reading that you do or childbirth classes, because that's going to hit after the baby is born too. So that's really good um, prep work for being in, in here and now in reality-based um, it's not all going to be uh, sweetness and roses when that baby is born. Mm-hmm. And I think that, yeah, I think that, um, again, it's such a beautiful time for a couple to almost start practicing <laughs> being a parent. You know, while the baby's in that safe little spot where you're really you're not hands-on, you're practicing how you want to work together as a couple um, and, and engaging in that way, engaging in that conversation. And I think when you have a baby, it's so great to kind of fantasize and, and think ahead. And in doing so, you're really connecting with each other and connecting with your baby. You're starting to think of yourself as a family unit. And that is, I mean, it's such a beautiful new way for for couples to bond. And that bond is going to be so important when baby comes because when baby comes, it's so much there's so much hard in some ways um, that having that time ahead of time to really connect and enter into uh, parenthood when the baby comes really, really strong as a couple. And several times throughout our journal, we have prompts to reflect on how that is going, on how communication is, and, and even places to say, okay, what, what are things I want to talk about and work through before baby comes? Um, I know in my own experience, uh, there were there were things I, I didn't work through. They just kind of were able to be brushed aside or, or pushed down because I, I either didn't want to deal with them or I just didn't know to. And you know what? After baby number three came and they were, t- you know, after going through the toddler off to school, it was like, well, those issues are still there. <laughs> and now we have to deal with them. So um, it's, it's, it's so great. And I, when my mom was talking about going to childbirth classes or, you know, meetup groups with new parents or pregnant parents, really another gift of that is you're, you're able to see parents around you and what they're doing. And I think there's something really empowering about being around other people in the same stage of life as you, because if you haven't had that modeled to you by your family or friends, it's really almost mysterious. Like, okay, what do I do? What, like, where do I, how do I hold this baby? Or, you know, how do I hug my, how do I support my wife when she's doing this? So I think being around other people, you just, you kind of bring in what they have. And, um, and, and really you're kind of starting maybe your culture, maybe a new tribe. And so putting yourself in, in that position as a couple, I think is super valuable. And you will also see things you don't want to do. Mm-hmm. Sure, yeah. just it's good to have the wisdom of of uh, getting some of these these discussions happening during your pregnancy. It's mm-hmm. just really good stuff. And and you will if you didn't have our journal, you might not think of that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Absolutely. You know, I found that you know my husband and I doing a little bit of a like, what are our values as a family before we're in the thick of it? You know, kind of moment mm-hmm. um, was really helpful. And you know, even like I said, my daughter's almost four, and even in those um, moments, we're like, wait, we decided this really early on. This is meaningful to us. And sometimes mm-hmm. when the going gets tough, it's good to remember, you know, that we wanted to put that extra effort in these particular areas and to and to remain true to that and also to dynamically steer and change as time goes on and we learn more. But being values-based together has been really powerful for us as well. 
Yeah, there's even a place in there that to start thinking about a family mission statement, mm-hmm. which is, is so, so great. I, I did that when my kids were, when I already had my kids. And I think, gosh, it'd be really cool to kind of start fleshing that out earlier on. Hi, friends. My name is Jono Fisher. I'm the executive director of the Sounds True Foundation. The Sounds True Foundation is a new non-profit organization dedicated to bringing the benefits of transformational education to communities in need, including at-risk youth, prisoners, veterans, and those in developing countries. Fleet Mall, a former prisoner and current Sounds True author, wrote, Like many prisoners, I did my time in a very isolated prison where there was no access to meditation or yoga groups. The books and tapes I received from friends and publishers like Sounds True were critical to my spiritual development and path of transformation over 14 years in prison. Receiving a particular spiritual book, CD or DVD in the mail at the right time can catalyze a whole new dimension of growth for someone behind bars. If you'd like to learn more about how the Sounds True Foundation is helping change lives or to become a supporter, please visit soundstruefoundation.org. You know, I want to circle back to fear. We talked about fear a little bit earlier in the conversation. And I want to circle back because this is a really important topic for so many moms. And there are so many opportunities for fear to arise during pregnancy and fears about, you know, just not only becoming a mother, but complications during pregnancy or childbirth. It's a lot of unknown or an ungrounded um, experience for mothers. You know, how do you suggest working with fear during pregnancy? And Hayden, I want to lead with you here. Okay. Well, I think, you know, first it's really good to acknowledge that fear is going to come and there's a purpose for it and it's <laughs> not even something to be scared of. Um, but I think noticing that it comes and recognizing it for what it is and that it's normal really kind of takes that that really hard energy from it. And then, um, you know, just having a place to, to process it so it doesn't stick inside you. I think that's really an important part of it is, um, is really understanding why it's there and what you can do to soothe it because we don't want to stay in that fear. Um, fear will, will, will really hinder you from, from experiencing so much of the joy that, that's on the other side of fear. But if we don't acknowledge it and we we almost sometimes I think moms don't feel like feel like it's okay to be scared, right? right. We don't. We think, oh, I, I, if if I'm scared or I'm ambivalent or maybe if I'm just kind of a little pissed off that I have to do this right now, like that almost feels shameful to us. So acknowledging that those emotions and feelings are real and okay, and and in fact, um, maybe if you're not having some of that, that you it it might be a sign that that they're there, you're just not accessing them for one reason or another. So, um, and you know what? <laughs> I also think that as, again, it's just such a great time to practice how you're going to process this fear because, you know, when baby comes and you have the toddlerhood and the preschool age and then, and oh my gosh, now for me, I have a teenager, the fear doesn't stop. That <laughs> it really doesn't. And in, in some ways it, it seems to, to um get harder as they get older the stakes seem higher and and so if you have a chance early on to really find ways that work for you to to process the fear in a healthy way really sets you up to be able to um to deal with it in a great way in the future and move through it maybe more quickly and move to the other side of it okay and i think that Obviously, as part of what you're saying, Hayden, is to talk it out, first of all, with your partner, mm-hmm. Chuck, to being honest with each other, because your partner, the woman's partner, the father of this baby will have fears, too. Mm-hmm. And if you're not opening up to him, um, he will clam up and not understand that this this is uh, normal for, mm-hmm. for for 
the, the, the father of a baby will start already worrying, how am I going to pay for college? I mean, just take it on a superficial level. <laughs> you know, it's a big fear, but it's pretty superficial when you come to you know, the whole realm of parenting. But still, it's very real. And, like, you know, 18 years from now, we have to come up with, you know, how are we going to fund this ongoing? And obviously, there are answers to that, and not everyone would get stuck there. But that's just one, one, one little example of even um, a, a common first thing that would come to a, a, of a dad's mind is that would be a very sort of a practical level and and but if the 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 mother is going to have a whole different set of of fears probably starting with um oh my gosh what have i done <laughs> you know, like, oh my gosh, I signed up for what? You know, it's like this baby is a real part of our life, and mm-hmm. and I better um, figure some stuff out. And I I think that also if when when a, if a woman opens the door to her partner about the concept of it being okay with having fear, I think that will really help them feel okay with sharing their fears. Because I think at being as a support, you know, the the really primary support to the mom, they may feel like they. They really can't have fears. They have to be the strong one, the positive one. And, and sometimes people bond even more, even deeper in their fear and, and helping each other through that. So I, I wouldn't want couples to miss out on the beauty of that. Um, and then, yeah. And then another big part for a woman in, is the fear of actual of childbirth. Mm-hmm. And, you know, this is something that is why it's so valuable to have a good childbirth class. Um, you have eight classes, nine, twelve classes, depending on what sort of class you sign up for. I, to me, I think the more the better. Um, just to understand the process of birthing and um, to, to sort of to start diffusing the fear of so many women have done this before you, and, and let's let's see how this works out. When you can handle fear and overcome it, you will have a better childbirth experience. Just on that one level, mm-hmm. uh, to be able to talk about your fear. And I think probably maybe one one of the first thing that things that happened in the first month or so is the fear of miscarriage because many women experience that and it's um, you know even to the point where a lot of women don't tell people that they're pregnant until month three because of that and and so if a mom has experienced um, that type of loss or maybe somebody close to her that that would be a really kind of maybe ongoing fear. Um, and so helping a mom work through that and acknowledge that I think is important because if you stay there, it would it could really hinder you from fully connecting and embracing your baby. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, and I really like the encouragement that you all are offering to go to childbirth classes and to be educated because that's such an empowering moment for mothers. And, and I think not only is it empowering in terms of understanding what the birth experience may be like, and of course it's different for all of us, but for me it was also this moment to feel so in awe of how much my body was able to do. You know what we're capable of doing. I mean, just if you can like you know rest in the miraculousness of that experience, that yeah. is pretty amazing. Um, so you know that's a gift as well in that. Yeah, and you know it's so interesting when you say that. I think I think helping moms have an appreciation for themselves and what they're doing. Um, I think it's so valuable and I think will carry them through their motherhood journey. And there's, you know, so much of, of what I do in my own work for myself and, and people that I work with, and I, I hope is a big tone of our journal, is just helping moms develop this this inner self-appreciation and your self-talk and, um, like, oh, my gosh, I'm amazing. I gave birth. <laughs> I did that. You know, I had that power to do that. And sometimes I think back and I'm like, that like that's possibly the hardest thing I will ever do in my life and the most amazing thing. It when I give myself that space to think back to that time, I feel I I, I do I feel like a superhero. <laughs> I I really do and and we refer to that in our journal and we're like give yourself a superhero name. Yeah. <laughs> because you really are that superhero. Absolutely. And I like that so much. And, uh, and, and the men would very typically have the same exact words. I know yeah. my husband would say that to me a lot, is just it changes a man's concept mm-hmm. of womanhood to see a baby be birthed. I completely agree. Um, 
Yeah. Yeah. Now my husband for the first you know, year or so, my daughter was born in particular, all the, you know, the nightly feedings and all the stuff. He said, I'm going to do everything I can. You built a baby from scratch, you know, and, yeah. and birth this yeah. human, you know, this is the least I can do right now. Um, uh-huh. So what a nice, um, you know, tone, you know, to bring in and also to support mothers and holding themselves with that light. You know, I want to s- speak about just this idea of healthy pregnancy and how this has changed. You know, Martha, we've talked about, you know, you um, have eight children and have given birth to seven of those children, as well as 15 grandchildren. And Hayden, you have three children of your own. And I'm sure over the course of your work that this idea of what comprises a quote unquote healthy pregnancy has evolved. And I want to hear about that from you. So I don't know if, Martha, you want to start with that. And then Hayden could talk about even in your own journey as a mother, this idea of even focusing on health in our pregnancy journey, it's changed. Mm-hmm. It, it, well, it certainly has since we started writing mm-hmm. our books 40 years ago. Um, even going back in my own experience of pregnancy, our sec- my second pregnancy was, was I went into that pregnancy two years, two and a quarter years after the first baby was born, uh, the second one was born. And I'll never forget the big deal the doctor made to me, the obstetrician made to me in our first, even our first checkup, I think it was, you stand on the scale and you get the number. Oh, gosh. And Mm -hmm. he went, he almost scolded me. He said, "If if you aren't careful with your weight gain, during this pregnancy, you're going to wind up as a blimp. Oh my gosh! I mean, I would thinking back, I should have slapped him. I think, but you know, but I took it. To, I took it to heart. I took him seriously, and I, I thought, oh my goodness, because I still had some of my pregnancy weight um, from that first pregnancy. Mm-hmm. It was not horrible. I mean, I weighed in. Well, I shouldn't even say numbers, but it was just I weighed in at probably ten pounds more than my natural healthy weight would be, not pregnant, mm-hmm. and. And so he was giving me a heads up. You've you've held on to ten pounds. Now, if you carry that on and you hold on to another ten pounds, I mean, it just gave me the idea. I really need to be intentional about how I nourish my body mm-hmm. and start really being careful. And you know, I was in my early twenties when all this came about. So, and now it's you know. Nutrition, you know, knowledge about nutrition has changed, changed exponentially from like 50 years ago. So, uh, thank goodness we we know more and we're way more balanced. Um, but just that that just that one aspect of having a healthy pregnancy, so focused on the weight gain. Yeah, it, there needs to be a a better balance going on. And I'll tell you, I really overdid it with that segment pregnancy. I made myself keep a very minimal weight gain, which was probably not good for me, probably most definitely not good for me. The baby's healthy enough that I probably, you know, could have had, could have, could have had a more balanced pregnancy. Mm-hmm. I was so focused on what the scale said, and and that you know, looking back, how silly that was. But on the same on the same note, I appreciate my doctor's heads up. Think about this. I just needed to be more balanced personally myself. <laughs> so, fortunately, after that one came and went, and you know, we third, fourth, fifth pregnancies, I was much more relaxed about all that. And I understood the process of my body will, will grow in this way. The, the, a big part of childbirth class is to help a woman understand this part of the pregnancy, just the, the, where the weight gain happens and why, and, and um, why it's important to not get an excess amount of weight coming on. And, and just that's, almost a superficial part of the healthy pregnancy component, but it is a big part yeah. because no, no matter what the number on the scale says, if you're not putting healthy food into your body, you're doing a disservice to yourself and to your baby. Yeah. What about the food recommendations, though? I mean, nowadays it's like, you know, no raw fish, no, you know, meats that have certain chemicals in them, you know, no soft cheeses. I'm just curious, like, how have those evolved in your experience over the years? I think that the po- component of health and nutrition is what we think of as far as, you know, I, I need to make sure I gain this amount of weight and that. I I know that, uh, so as a, as a teenager and a young adult, I really struggled with body image issues, as many, as many people do. Um, and, you know, I think, though, that becoming pregnant and experiencing 
that, you know, my body is going to change, that that's just a given. I can't fight against that. It's going to change. My, my abdomen is going to get large. <laughs> I am going to put on extra weight. Um, you that, better. <laughs> right, and, and not only am I going to, but I have to. This is, this is what my body needs to do and gets to do right now. It gave me kind of a new appreciation for my body in, in respect to um, having it be a certain shape and kind of the shape that I idealized in my mind that I was constantly trying to work towards, that was no longer in my control. So taking that kind of control mindset out and just kind of being able to, kind of after I worked through some of these fears that I had talked about, just kind of settling in to embracing what my body is going to be doing. And not only is it, um, it's a super valuable thing. I I got to um, get away from the way, like the outer appearance of this certain shape into Oh my gosh, my body is going to do this and it and it helped me kind of move away from the immature thinking of expecting my body to be a certain way and moving into um this is my this is why my body is going to function this way. This is why a woman gains extra fat because if she doesn't have this fat on her body, she might not be able to nourish her baby when she comes. You know, there we have a lot of vitamins and minerals that are stored in fat. And so if a woman doesn't gain enough fat during her pregnancy, then that is going to negatively impact her and her her baby. So uh, allowing that that really that message of your body needs this. This is happening for a reason. And I have perfectly healthy friends that gained way more weight than the books they but but they were eating super healthy, and that's what their body needed. And you know what? When Sometimes knowing some of their situations, it's good that they had that extra weight. And then some women kind of don't gain a ton, but that's what their body needed. So in, you know, in our advice with health and nutrition, we really try to help moms lean into, yes, you know, here's your checklist, but listen to your body and what it needs in that moment. It might need extra fat for that chunk of time. It might need some extra energy in the form of carbs. Your body might need some of that repair and and support that it gets from healthy proteins. And you know what? Sometimes I just need a piece of chocolate cake Mm -hmm. (laughs) because that's good for my soul. (laughs) And that's okay. We champion that as well. Yeah, I think a holistic view of a healthy pregnancy is really valuable right now, in particular at our time in our culture. Now, I'm curious, in your view, how well are we as a society supporting pregnant mothers and new parents? What do women and families need that they may not be getting in our current culture? I'd be curious to hear from both of you about this. Martha, do you want to start here? That's a, that's a big question. It's, it's, it is a little bit beyond the scope of our journal, but, but really, bottom line, it's why we wrote the journal. Um, back in the olden days even way before my time, when families were, extended families were around, the women had the support watching the aunties, watching even her own mother have another pregnancy, the the, the healthfulness of it, the the naturalness of it um, was was way better, I think, in a lot of ways than, than what we have now with families being separated. And like even with our own daughter up in San Jose, and here we are in South Orange County, it's a distance. And, you know, thank goodness for texting pictures. So, but, but the back to the, the, what the society uh, isn't doing. And I think it's on one level, the social media is doing us a disservice. Uh, obviously, on the other hand, it helps us stay connected. I'd love to have these pictures coming often, but we we depend too much on social media and we get stuck there. And I think a lot of mothers can start to be really, really isolated when they don't have the friends or the or obviously the family around. So groups like La Leche League to give mother-to-mother support is huge. In fact, I know our daughter Erin went to her first La Leche League meeting today, and I can't wait to find out what it was like for her. And she's taking her two-week-old baby, and she's going to learn from those other mothers sitting around, and maybe there will be a four-month-old, a six-month-old, a ten-month-old. She will see them breastfeeding right there in the circle of mothers, and she will have 
her her eyes will be I remember my first one her eyes wide open as oh this is look how beautiful this is this is still down the uh, down the line for me and now I'm getting to learn from these moms that will become my friends they will be I see these women every month and get and 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 they will be some of them will be having the same problems I have this problem of um maybe say um baby wants to nurse all the time. What the heck do you do about that? And the other, uh, another mom will say, well, here's what I do, or here's, here's what the baby's dad is doing to help me. That kind of social support is huge, and that's not really society at large support. But one thing I see that's great in my daughter's uh, marriage, her, her husband has six weeks of paternity leave from mm-hmm. his company for him to fully paid for him to be able to stay at home and support her um, is huge, mm-hmm. and that they both get to be bonding with the baby. And he, it's not like, well, goodbye, dear. I'll see you at you know after six o'clock when the rush hour is over, um, and I hope you have dinner ready. It's not happening for her. She's she had two solid weeks of him being home, and then uh, and then he'll take some some another week or two in, in a little while and sort of let it play out to see when that time is needed for her. And I'm, I'm sure he's very grateful that she has the La Leche League meeting to go to because he's not, he's back to work now and he knows that she's got that support and, and, and learning that's going on for her. He doesn't really need to learn that part of it, but she does. And she, I'm so grateful that La Leche League is, is available or any other um, mom support group that's out there, and I think that's I think that's one of the things our, our society right now is doing very well is that we know uh, there's there's things created for moms to connect with, and that fits their own personality. So um, there's so many groups and and things that that are out there that that weren't there before. I think you know if you if you shift back forty, fifty, however many years ago. Um, Pregnancy and, and birth was very medical. It was it was something to be medically managed. And I think what I love about our society now is women are understanding they have so many options. They have choices. They get to do it the way they want to do it, the way their bodies are feeling and, and almost kind of craving to 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 experience. Um, and they get to decide that they don't, you know, they they don't have to follow this this system, this this bullet pointed, I have to do this, this, and this, they get to create the experience they want to have. Um, and and there's so many things to support moms in that area. I think what, what's a little tricky is maybe moms don't don't know that necessarily. They don't really understand that they have choices, maybe until they've, they're kind of in a position where they're like, you know what, I don't like this. I don't, you know, what my doctor's telling me to do or, or what he, what his, their vision, he, her, him or her vision is for my birth. That's not what I want. So let me explore. And let me explore midwifery. Mm-hmm. Um, I have a friend uh, from work who had midwife for her birth and she had a birth center birth. And, mm-hmm. and, and so they're definitely, uh, there's now more options, more options now there. than there were 50 years ago, and even ones that are covered by insurance. I mean, there I, I I had midwives for my births, and they were covered by insurance. I was at a birth center for one of my births, um, hospital for the other two, and and my insurance company covered it, and that's that's really important because you know finances and and all that is definitely towards the top of parents' lists of of concerns, and so I think when you're making these choices. Um, having the support of of our society in, in in the form of financial, whether it's insurance or or like companies supporting a dad being home for a chunk of time, I think that's something that we um, haven't seen. Uh, it's that's more recent, and yeah. I, I think something to be championed and, and leaned into. Yeah, I agree with you. I feel encouraged by seeing some of the tide shift with regard to maternity leave and paternity leave and offering paid opportunities. And certainly some support with regard to insurance coverage is is really um, important now. And I'm seeing that shift. I'd love to see more of that. But I am glad that the tides seem to be shifting in that direction. Yeah, and even at you know what, kind of circling back around when we were, I was talking about body image, even our society recognizing um, a woman as 
in the respect of, um, you know, we get to nourish our, our babies. You know, my, yeah. my, my breasts are, are here for a reason above and beyond, but mm-hmm. <laughs> um, they're here to, to, to just give this amazing nourishment to my baby. And so things like social media and things that are put out there um, vi- visually is, is just, it's, it's a way to kind of get that message out to our society that, um, that this, this idea of a woman becoming a mother is something to be cherished and embraced and what mm. she's going to offer her baby is is vital for our society. I think we know now developmentally and and um, uh, psycho- psychology-wise is that this work you're doing with young babies and toddlers, that's going to affect our society 30, 40, 50 years from now because these are the babies that are going to be our leaders and if they're given this, you know, first, you know, the, the nourishment from healthy food and a healthy lifestyle, but also the nourishment of their spirit and their soul and their emotions, um, I think now more than ever we understand all of that. And you can't just be perfect in your nutrition. That's not holistic. Mm-hmm. These these humans that, that are coming now, I think they're getting a much more holistic upbringing than than any time before, because we have a better understanding and awareness of what that looks like. Absolutely. Absolutely. Thank you for saying that. Okay, I have one final question. This has been really fun to talk to you all. I have one final question here. And if you have one piece of advice or a message of encouragement for a pregnant mama who might be listening right now, what do you want to tell her? Uh, Hayden, why don't we start with you? Gosh, of course, there's a million things, which is why we wrote the journal. Mm-hmm. I would say for myself that um, just be gentle with yourself. Uh, I, you know, I early on, I think my mom even said this. You know, motherhood can be the most one of the most guiltiest professions because there's just so much. It's so important. It's important to us, and it's important. But just having that, just that sense of. Um, graciousness for yourself and and gentleness for yourself because if we don't offer that to ourselves we're not going to be able to offer that to those around us especially that little baby mm-hmm. martha what about you yes i would say embrace your pregnancy um deal with your fears yes but fear not you were made for this mm-hmm. there's actually a wonderful um book about childbirth called you were made for this um i would also say you got this mm-hmm. your 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 whole body is designed your whole psyche is designed to um create uh, this this little one that's coming along that's going to be mentored by you nourished by you disciplined by you you got this you have it's built into your brain and into your own your into your body and into your spirit mm-hmm. this is your your legacy is already being taken shape, and and knowledge is power. So if all of this sounds really um, huge <laughs> to to try and take it all in, remember it's one day at a time. This baby is just growing one day at a time over what is it, two hundred and forty days? We <laughs> lose track of the actual day count. But um, that that knowledge is power, and you won't accumulate it all at once it's a, a day by day page by page in the journal if you want to if you want to say it that way um e- evening by evening as you spend in your childbirth classes um over meals as you as you talk with your mate to to just embrace it all and and um just be delighted in in what's about to happen in your life mm-hmm. I, l- I really love that mom and you know, you you brought up that word legacy, and if it's okay, I would love to just say something real quick. Cause yeah, I, I love that 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 couple gets to think of we're starting our legacy now, mm-hmm. and they really have no idea what's going to come. And I bet my parents, when they had you know their first babies, they had no idea of the legacy they were starting. This this beautiful movement that has spread to you know hundreds of thousands of people all, all over the world started with that first baby. And, um, you know, I, I think what's so beautiful is that they leaned into that and they allowed those, those moments to really spark this, this, um, 
this passion and kind of bring to light what they were meant to offer this world. And, you know, now, gosh, 50, 50 years later, they have this legacy they've left. And Oh, I haven't left it yet. Well, no, no, I, no. The, the legacy they're leaving, and and not just that though. They've taken it a step further, and they've invited their children into being a part of this legacy. You know, my brothers have co-written some of their more recent books, mm-hmm. and you know, my sister Erin co-authored the last book um, with my dad, the the T five um, book, and you know, I get to do this journal with my mom. So. They're not a, just having this legacy for the world, but they're inviting their children into this legacy to then continue it on. And I think each parent gets to do that in their own way, in, with their own talents and their own passions. They get to pass these down to their children who will then embrace what, what resonates with them and continue that legacy on. And that's just, you know, that's what, that's just a beautiful part of being human and um, operating within a society is is offering something that we're going to leave and and give to others. And I mean, just this, like I was saying before, this beautiful little pinpoint in in a in a family's journey um, really is the start of that. Mm-hmm. Yes, thank you so much. It's such a wonderful place to to conclude. I have really enjoyed our conversation. Thank you so much for being here today. And thank you for your amazing commitment to supporting children and parents and families. It's, it's been such an honor to be with you. Well, thank you. Thank you, Janie. Yes. I've been speaking with Martha Sears and Hayden Sears, who co-authored The Healthy Pregnancy Journal, a new book from Sounds True, which will be released on May 7th, 2019, and will be available everywhere you like to buy books. For Sounds True and Insights at the Edge, I'm Jamie Schwab. Thanks so much for listening today. SoundsTrue.com, waking up the world. Thanks for listening to Insights at the Edge, produced by Sounds True. At Sounds True, we are dedicated to creating a wiser and kinder world by making transformational education widely accessible. The new Sounds True Foundation exists to remove financial barriers and make sure that people in communities of need have access to transformational tools and teachings. You can find out more at SoundsTrueFoundation.org. You can also read a full transcript of this episode at SoundsTrue.com forward slash podcast. And if you haven't already done so, and you want to subscribe to Insights at the Edge, please be sure to hit the subscribe button in your listening app. And if you hear something that really matters to you, that changes you, then share that insight and this podcast with others. Together, we can wake up the world. Thanks again for listening, and I look forward to being with you next time. Soundstrue.com, waking up the world.